0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In this YouTube video published on September 19th, 2017, an unseen camera operator films through the front window of a McDonald's restaurant.
1: Look, it's still nice inside. Perfect. Look at it. You can make this place operational more. Wow. It stayed in great shape. It stayed in
2: really good shape inside. It's it's outdated, but it's not that outdated.
0: Unlike a modern McDonald's with its futuristic interior of natural wood and high-technology McCafe machines, this location features powder blue chairs with burgundy and teal accents the telltale color combination of a time long gone, the early 1990s, a.k.a. the heyday of McDonald's pizza.
1: I can't believe I worked here.
0: The owner of this YouTube account is a gentleman known as Ron webba Sporting a profile photograph wherein he wears a kind smile and no shirt, Mr. Webba Basin mostly posts videos chronicling the numerous modifications he has made to his automobile. Others show off his family's adopted rabbit, Hoppy the Rabbit, and his impressive collection of trading cards related to the film Return of the Jedi, which I believe is a Star Trek This is his only video of the abandoned McDonald's frozen in time on the desolate volcanic island of Adak, Alaska. Using the Google.com information service, I was able to uncover several videos and photographs of this McDonald's. It has become something of a tourist attraction for Adak, which once served as the front line for the United States of America's military defenses. This educational film about where you should and should not step when visiting Adak offers some interesting historical perspective.
2: Known as the birthplace of the winds, Adak is set in the far reaches of Alaska's Aleutian Chain, one of the world's most breathtaking yet unforgiving regions. The island has been a home to the Aleut people for thousands of years. When World War II broke out of the Pacific, the island was changed forever. ADAC's protected bay, dense cloud cover, and large, relatively flat sections made it a prime choice for a military installation to oust the Japanese who had captured and occupied the Alaskan islands of Attu and Kiska.
0: In the years since, however, American foreign policy has ensured that no other countries see us in a negative light. Because of this modern age of peace and prosperity, The Navy base on Adak Island, which once housed over 7,000 active service members, has since been all but abandoned. Now, just over 100 permanent residents call Adak home, and the vast tracts of empty barracks, community centers, bowling alleys, houses, drug laboratories, and houses that also serve as drug laboratories, serve as a playground for those who would scavenge these architectural husks for furniture, tools, appliances, moldy back issues of People Magazine, and other treasures. Hey, it's Kelly with Alaska Picker. At Alaska Picker, we travel the state of Alaska looking for really cool junk and amazing stories. Come follow us along on our latest adventure to ADAC. On this groundbreakingly original series known as Alaska Picker, several gentlemen can be seen combing through the ruins of ADAC in search of valuable garbage. Tune in next week where we'll check out the old bowling alley and the Fleet Hospital Warehouse. That's where all the cool furniture is. Don't miss it. I missed the following video as I was simply too busy to watch it, but my interest had been thoroughly piqued. Some years back, I became intrigued by the following question. Why did McDonald's stop serving pizza in the early 1990s? I read an article on the Internet entitled How to Become an Investigative Journalist and set about uncovering the answer to this question. I have chronicled my investigation on whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's, a show which began as a podcast but has since surpassed podcast quality to become an investigative journalism program, or IJP. Even though this endeavor has taken me all over the world, From the Ramshackle Ramshacks of Pomeroy, Ohio, home of the last McDonald's to serve original recipe pizza, to the sweltering swamps of Orlando, Florida, home of a McDonald's that still serves what they claim to be original recipe pizza, but which I suspect to be a novelty brick oven variety, and therefore non-canon, to the ancient alleyways of Paris, France, where I may have uncovered Egyptian artifacts referencing McDonald's pizza in the famed Louvre Museum, if I happened to schedule my trip in such a way as to arrive there when the museum wasn't closed, I have yet to muster the resources to reach my ultimate investigation destination. That is, a McDonald's that serves pizza in the early 1990s. Until recently, I believed the only way to achieve this goal would be to petition my audience for the funds necessary to build a time machine. But even if I could raise what would surely be upwards of several hundred dollars in research and development costs, it would ultimately be foolish of me to risk life and limb on such an untested technology. The only ethical thing to do would be to send several test subjects back in time first to make sure they can be returned to the present day without having been lost to the uncharted tunnels of the time maze or transmogrified into some kind of gelatinous time goo. And I simply do not have the legal expertise to draft an appropriate waiver for such experiments. But then I discovered the abandoned McDonald's in Adak, Alaska, quite literally frozen in time. Visiting this location would be the next best thing to traveling to the early 1990s myself. Perhaps if I could examine said McDonald's, I could uncover some clue as to why the McDonald's corporation would take the drastic and self-destructive step of discontinuing its pizza program. Of course, in none of the numerous videos and photographs of the Adak McDonald's did I see any evidence whatsoever that this location ever served pizza, much less was forced to stop serving it. But, as we all know, it is well within the abilities of the average 12-year-old YouTuber to doctor such material. Indeed, using an application called Snapchat on my telephone-slash-pocket computer, I was once able to film myself using a filter that made it appear as though I was surrounded by dozens of Barbie dolls modified to look like various women from the tri-state area. I did not take advantage of this technology as it was an attempt to promote a film called Welcome to Marwin, and I simply cannot authorize the use of my likeness in the service of any sort of unpaid advertisement. But the fact remains that it was available to me. And if I or a 12-year-old YouTuber could manipulate visual material to such a degree, it would be no challenge whatsoever for a major fast food corporation to make sure no photographs or videos of the Adak McDonald's exposed any evidence as to why they would stop serving pizza. So, I would have to travel to Adak Island myself and examine its abandoned McDonald's with my own eyes thankfully the listeners of whatever happened to pizza at mcdonald's provided me with the necessary funds it was not enough to hire someone to travel there before me as a test subject but this was a risk i was willing to take for i am an investigative journalist one of the most undaunting kinds of people one would ever care to meet plus I paid the extra $70 for trip insurance so that if I sensed the slightest metaphorical whiff of danger, I could reschedule my flight for any reason as long as I paid the nominal $250 change fee. With those arrangements in place, I was off to Alaska. My first stop was in the great metropolis of Anchorage. Flights to Adak Island depart from here only twice a week, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Due to the length of my journey from my home in Los Angeles to the Alaskan Territory, I was forced to travel to Anchorage on Tuesday and spend the night. I will not name my hotel, as they have not paid for the valuable advertising time but I will say that it offered all the accommodations one would expect from a multi-star establishment, including an in-room coffee maker, a bacteria-resistant television remote control, and a door handle that works if you jiggle it enough. My shuttle bus driver told me he was an Anchorage native, so I asked him where he would go for dinner if he only had one night in the city. On his recommendation, I enjoyed a fine meal indeed at an authentic Alaskan eatery called Tex-Mex. They did not pay for advertising time either, but, as they neglected to charge me for my second helping of cheese enchiladas, I consider us even. My flight to Adak left early the next morning, so I had occasion to breakfast at a locally owned and completely unabandoned McDonald's restaurant in the Anchorage airport. As is my custom, I took the opportunity to do some light journalism. Hello, sir. Can I get it for you? Hi, I just have a question. Do you guys serve pizza? We don't. You don't? Have you ever served pizza at this yeah. McDonald's? Oh, yeah, no, okay, well thank you. If you want pizza over there. I'm sorry? If you want pizza, right over there. If I want pizza, I go yeah. Hudson News. Silver Gulch. Silver Gulch. Okay, thank you. You'll see it. Yeah red-faced from embarrassment at my mistaking the business to which this employee was pointing for the Hudson News rather than the other place, I made a hasty retreat from the McDonald's. However, it being the early morning hours, the pizza restaurant was not open, so I had to settle for breakfast from the Hudson News after all. I purchased a bag of pizza-flavored combo snacks and headed to my seat at the gate. To my surprise, I discovered my Adak Island host already waiting there. While ADAC does not contain a single commercial hotel, it is possible to obtain lodging from one of three owners of rental houses. Indeed, it is advisable to do so, unless you plan to take shelter in your own tent or under the mostly blown-away roof of an abandoned bowling alley or daycare center. One such outlet only rents to outdoors people who visit Adak to engage in the very difficult task of hunting and killing the caribou who are trapped there on the open tundra without any kind of forest to protect them from being spotted. One of the other renters was a few dollars more expensive than the third, a gentleman named Steve, who is whom I chose. I recognized him immediately from the photograph on his Air B&B profile. A jolly-looking man with a tuft of white beard, he reminded me of another figure thought to live here at the top of the world, the being known as God. But when I told him this, he said his name was neither God nor Steve. I soon realized I had the wrong person. The other bearded man sitting across the gate was, in fact, the Steve whose house I would be renting. However, I was so flustered from this case of mistaken identity that I forgot to tell him he reminded me of God." Roughly three hours later, we arrived on Adak Island. I felt honored that Steve must have instantly taken a liking to me, as he asked if I would help him carry upwards of one dozen plastic totes full of supplies from the Anchorage Costco from the airport to both his own house and the house of his son and daughter-in-law. It was my pleasure to do so, as the long plane ride had severely loosened the muscles in my lower back to the point that I had nearly forgotten they were there. After this round of tote lugging, my muscles were pleasantly tight and radiating with a tranquil ache. I deposited my belongings into my section of Steve's quadplex and loaded into his truck so he could give me a tour of the island. I I watched several videos on YouTube of people who've been here before I came, and there was one video series called alaska pickers or something oh, like that yes yes it was a group of men who were just going to yes. every building and gathering up pallets and pallets of yes furniture they, they tore up our island the
2: alaskan pickers did absolutely oh, no. tore, yeah they, there's a
0: lot of bad yeah. blood toward the alaskan yes. pickers very bad blood
2: from alaskan people here adak people adakians these were the cb barracks here cbs are you familiar the...
0: seeking to avoid dredging up any more unpleasant memories i promptly changed the subject and asked if Steve would tell me a little more about himself.
2: I, I was working with the city of San Diego Fire Department most of my life, and I saw an opening for a uh, fire chief up here. So I went to the city and said, hey, can I take a two-year two hiatus? I want to go try something out. And they said, sure, just remember that'll, that'll affect your retirement. And I go, I don't care. So I came up here uh, on leave from the city of San Diego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big old bird there. He's waiting to see if I got any food. He'll look in the back of my truck and look for our trash bags. Smart. And attack. Yeah. Oh, they're very smart. So, anyways, I lived here. Uh, uh, came up here for a two-year tour as a civilian, and lived here for two months, and then went home to San Diego because he says you now have housing. You can go get your family. So I said, okay, fine. So I went to get my family and. The wife I was married to at that time was not a nice person. She had put me very much in debt, so I divorced her immediately and just brought my son back with me oh, I'm sorry to hear about that
0: situation. oh no i'm I'm on my fifth wife, and everything's going well now So oh, fifth time's the charm yes, exactly exactly. as we listened to classic rock and roll music on ADAC's single and not entirely legally transmitted radio station, Steve took me to the outskirts of the town whose inskirts only contained about 3 square miles. In its heyday, the island housed dozens of nuclear missiles, ready and waiting inside silos both overt and hidden, pointed at our enemies across the sea. First at Japan, then after World War Part 2 at the Soviet Union. But as I mentioned before, The United States now has nothing but friends on the international stage, and there is simply no reason for us to maintain such an antagonistic posture toward Russia, one of our greatest allies. Thus, the facility where nuclear warheads were once handled and cared for by only the most trusted technicians in the United States military, now resembles nothing more than a giant birthday cake. Only instead of cake, it is filled with vast emptiness." And instead of a coating of delicious frosting, it is clad in a layer of dirty concrete. And instead of being surrounded by happy partygoers, it is surrounded by rusty barbed wire. <clears throat> this
2: is the old uh, Mao compound. The Mao
0: compound, as
2: you can see, was a very secured area with all the barbed wire and everything else. This is where they stored and worked on all of the nuclear weapons. It was uh, guarded by the Marines, uh, authorized, if you got within 50 feet of the fence, shoot to kill, if you didn't follow orders, lit up completely all the way around, because this was filled with nuclear weapons. Mm. They would take the warheads off of the missile sites that were out here. We had 57 missile silos on the island, pointed at Russia, back during the war, the Cold War, and... I would, as the fire chief came out here, I was allowed to go into this building and do a fire inspection once a month, because it was required. So I would drive out here, I'd come down this road right about here, and I would come to a fence. Right about here, and I'd have six Marines come running up to me with M16s pointed at my head. Uh, get out of the vehicle, please. And I get out. I would park it. One would hop in. Park it over here, and they, the other five
0: would escort me through all the different gates. We now lovingly call this the Seven Gates of Hell. Earlier in the day, I expressed my uneasiness to Steve regarding the buildings in our neighborhood, our street which technically has a name, but because the street sign blew away also technically does not have a name, is lined with identical-looking duplexes and quadplexes. I mentioned to Steve that I was afraid if I took a walk I might return to the wrong house and be lawfully shot dead by a concerned citizen exercising his or her rights under what I can only assume is Alaska's robust stand-your-ground law. But he assuaged my fear by saying no one on the island is that violent. Plus most of the houses are abandoned. If I wanted to explore inside an empty house, I was welcome to. They're easily identified by their overgrown yards, their listing garage doors, or their lack of the correct number of walls. I should just be careful, he warned, not to step on any loose nails or become overwhelmed by a phalanx of ravenous rats. So there was no danger at all we would be shot by any lingering nuclear facility guards by Adakian citizens, or even by any of the several armed caribou hunters bravely chasing frightened animals around the other parts of the island. In fact, the number of dangers facing a resident or visitor of Adak could be counted on the amount of fingers attached to the average human hand. I saw in my room there was a notice on the refrigerator to uh, not drink any hot water. That that is absolutely
2: correct. If you're in any other house except mine, <laughs> it's not, my house has been completely repiped with PVC pipe, no lead whatsoever. So I have uh, all the other houses. I don't think anybody else has done that. Uh, it's not bad. It,
0: it, well, that's what I was about to ask. If I had a tall, refreshing glass of hot water, it hasn't it
2: affected be. me in any in, in way, anyway, in anyway, in anyway shape, or form. I so, see.
0: The sense of peacefulness this brought upon me was revelatory. In my home city of Los Angeles, it is not unheard of for a person to meet a violent and untimely end simply by getting on the proverbial wrong side of an average citizen, a disgruntled police officer, or even a gruntled police officer. I noticed that there was a uniformed police officer on the plane who, when we landed, just took up a post in the airport. That is correct, because we have no uniform police on this
2: island. We have what this is called a VPSO, Village Police Security Officer. He is uh, an unofficial cop. He's an unofficial fireman. He's an unofficial uh, security guard. And he's an unofficial uh, uh, EMT. But he is our village cop.
0: I see So if someone breaks into my duplex, or if I get sick from drinking a glass of hot water, or if it catches on fire, I go to the same guy? Yes. Having forged an even greater bond with Steve over accompanying him to a place where one or both of us may have been shot by the United States military if we had been there during another period of time, I felt comfortable enough to bring up the reason I traveled to ADAC in the first place. To excavate the abandoned McDonald's for any evidence related to the fate of McDonald's Pizza. Do you remember the McDonald's here ever serving pizza? There he was. Took off. was my pilot? Oh. That was staying with
2: me. He got off the ground. Very good. He's on his way to Russia. What's he going to do in Russia? He is delivering that airplane to China, but he has to step, step, step. Oh, step. I see. Yeah. Um, it... This building, real quick, down here. Yeah. It's called the Yakutak. A very large building it was the auto hobby shop so if you owned a vehicle on the island you could take it in here and it was run by mwr again and they had lifts in there so you could lift your car up go underneath change your oil they had all the tools in there everything you needed, it was all free go in here and use the auto hobby you could change your engine you could change your transmission you could change the drive drive shaft everything they had all the tools to work on any kind of car in there this why it's so big.
0: <laughs> Seems like that would give rise to a real hot rod culture. To be perfectly candid, I did not have any knowledge of hot rod culture. But it was clear my broaching the subject of the McDonald's was outside of Steve's comfort zone. Whether his trepidation about discussing the matter was the result of some physical threat, psychic attack, or just a lack of interest, I thought it best to set the issue aside and take in the abundant wonders of the Adak landscape. Steve drove me outside the outskirts of town, to an area of the island that could not be compared to any kind of skirt at all. I witnessed adolescent bald eagles, their head feathers yet to turn white, perched majestically atop mountains, sea rocks, and dumpsters that had been caught by the wind and blown onto the tundra in the gently rippling waters of Adak's many sun-dappled lagoons sat exotic ducks so beautiful that many caribou hunters saw fit to kill them and stuff them for later display. And I have not even mentioned the otters, but I shall do so now. There were otters. Steve took me to the narrowest strip of land on Adak, from which a person can view both the Pacific Ocean and the Bering Sea with just a lateral rotation of one's head. Marveling at this wonder, I became overwhelmed with thoughts of my ancient ancestors who bravely marched through this land when it was a dry land bridge to a continent full of dangers unknown. But then, I remembered Ancestry.com told me my ancestors came from one of the grimier regions of England. Still, some people probably are descended from those who crossed the Bering Strait on foot, and I think that is really quite something. My thoughts turned to a particular subsection of those descendants, a people known as the Aleuts, who have inhabited Adak Island and its surrounding territories since time immemorial. When the United States military decided to build a base on Adak after World War Part Two, the native Aleuts were given the option of leaving their ancestral home in exchange for a certain amount of money, or not doing so and being found in violation of a law they had no say in creating. After America became friendly with every other country and closed the Adak facilities, the Aleut people were kindly invited back to live on Adak, which had been largely untouched save for the hundreds of abandoned buildings, pieces of unexploded ordnance, and tracts of buried asbestos that the military left behind. Today, the Aleut Corporation controls the island, and if one leaves the town of Adak, one must obtain a land-use permit from the Aleut Corporation for $30 which, when adjusted for inflation, is roughly equivalent to the amount of money the native Aleuts were paid by the U.S. military to be forced off their land. So everyone is pretty much even. It would have been nice to have an Aleut guide me around the island, but thankfully, Steve is the next best thing. I am also considered
2: a, an elder on this island. Elders have, uh, according to uh, ritual rites... For the Aleuts, uh, you take care of your elders. Because they can't go out and hunt anymore, you provide for them. So the kids go out hunting and come back and knock on my door and say, here's your free fish, you're an elder, so I've cleaned it, packaged it for you, now you can eat this winter.
0: That seems a lot better than being put on an ice floe and sent out to sea. That's correct. (laughs) By now, it was roughly 4.30 in the afternoon, and twilight had begun to fall. Because the earth is tilted on its axis, the winter months in Alaska see short days and long nights. In any other part of the world this would invoke in me a sense of dread, but Adak is immune to the nocturnal threats typically found in other regions. There are no animal predators, as any creature living here must be capable of subsisting on lichen, and there are no vampires, because the volcanic rock is too dense to dig a grave. There is, however, a terrifyingly short supply of foodstuffs. The formerly occupied child care center, which is also a formerly abandoned child care center, which is once again occupied, but is no longer a child care center, but is instead a general store, is the only place to purchase much-needed non-perishables but the high costs of shipping merchandise to a remote volcanic island that is a three-hour flight from mainland Alaska means that items seen as commodities elsewhere are expensive luxuries here. I brought to the counter a can of minestrone soup and a box of butter-flavored crackers, but when presented with a total of nearly thirty dollars for this haul, I quietly returned them to their shelves and stepped outside to suck on a free icicle. Thankfully, this is when I noticed the heartening neon glow of an open sign flashing through the newly falling snow. Following its siren song, which was not so much a song at all, but rather a noiseless light, I reached Adak Island's bar and grill. In the book Bible, the first man, a gentleman named Adam, is tasked with giving names to the various beasts roaming the earth. This was necessary because there are many kinds of beasts and it would be impossible to keep track of them if you did not give them names, like Bird, Octopus, or Loren. However, the Adak bar and grill does not need a name, as it is the only bar and grill on the island. Thus I will henceforth refer to it as the locals do, and simply call it the bar. When I arrived, I found it utterly packed with over three Adakians, and I could see why it serves as a home away from home for the islanders. "'Not only was it warm enough that I felt comfortable removing one of my coats, "'but it also houses the thing one always looks for when visiting a bar—a nice long bar. "'I pulled up a stool to the bar's bar and ordered both an adult beverage of Alaskan brand beer "'and an adult entree of chicken strips and potato tots with a side of adult dip called ketchup. "'You may find yourself alarmed to hear that I drank an alcoholic beverage, "'but allow me to calm your frayed nerves.' It is an old investigative journalist's trick to ingratiate yourself with the locals by play-acting at consuming adult beverages in their company. This puts them at such an ease that they feel comfortable answering your questions, as they simply assume they are the ramblings of a drunken madman and not the serious inquiries of a journalist. And because they are so at ease, they often trust you enough that they occasionally tear their eyes away from you long enough that you can quickly spit your mouthfuls of alcohol into whatever receptacle you have handy, in my case, the hood of the coat I removed. After a few moments consulting with my barmates about whether or not a gentleman named Cyrus is pulling his weight at the fish processing plant, I decided to get down to business and investigate what these Adakians know about the abandoned McDonald's. I'm Al. You're Al? And what do you do here? I work for the city. They're doing what? Maintenance on uh, facilities, vehicles... Anything the city needs done. Okay. How long have you been here? Uh, total about a year and a half. You, you were saying earlier before I started recording that you remember that McDonald's did serve pizza at some point. At some point, but I don't know what year or when. Did you ever try it? Yeah. Do you have any memory of how it tasted?
3: It was okay.
0: We, when were well, it was- I don't prefer to eat at McDonald's. And why is that? I just rather keep it to myself. All right. Well, where did you try the pizza? Do you know? I have no idea. Just at some McDonald's somewhere. I have no idea. All I know is I tried it once. That's more than a lot of people know. Most people don't remember it even existing. And when You're I... not insane. I remember it, but I couldn't tell you when. It was quite heartening to hear Al affirm my sanity. In the course of my investigation, I have been utterly stunned, not just by the ignorance of the public at large regarding the fact that McDonald's once served pizza, but at the ignorance of McDonald's own employees, who often express emotions ranging from bewilderment to defiance when asked about McDonald's Pizza's fate. As a thank you to Al, I would like to advertise his services as a chauffeur on Adak Island. He does not own a car, but he does offer limited passenger seating on the back of his four-wheel all-terrain vehicle. I, of course, declined this offer for safety reasons, and instead walked home from the bar. To maintain my cover as an intoxicated person, I took a circuitous route back to Steve's quadplex, which was not very difficult to feign, as I was not really sure which direction I should go. As I stumbled through the darkness, pouring spat beer from the hood of my coat, I felt something crack underneath my snow boot, and heard a loud crunch made even louder by the fact that there was hardly anyone else on the island to make a sound. Thinking I simply stepped on the frozen body of someone who became lost on the way to the bar, I turned on my flashlight with the full intent of extracting the deceased person's teeth for later identification. But instead of a frozen body, I actually discovered something quite startling. I had stepped on the toppled intercom box of a fast food drive-thru. This was the object of my quest, the abandoned McDonald's itself. My figurative heart metaphorically leaped into my literal mouth. I had traveled countless miles to be in this very location, and the true answer to the question of why McDonald's stopped serving pizza could be only feet away from me. Even if one is only familiar with metric measurements, I think you can still get the gist of what I am saying. As I shined my flashlight at that derelict building, with its iconic brick walls and mansard roof, I knew I was staring not just at an abandoned McDonald's frozen in time, but at my destiny. However, it was almost 8 p.m., and I really needed to get some sleep. So, after trying a few doors on identical houses without being shot, I finally returned to my section of the quadplex and climbed directly into bed, after taking a bubble bath, steaming my coats, and watching the DVD I had brought of my favorite film, the fantasy epic, Willow. Tomorrow, as soon as the sun rose at 10.15 a.m., I would return to the abandoned McDonald's and begin my excavation. In the morning, I ran into Steve on my way out of the house. After readily agreeing to spend an hour or so cleaning out his dozens of rat traps, I asked for directions to the abandoned McDonald's. Thankfully, he only needed to provide one direction, which he did, by pointing at the McDonald's, which stood only a few abandoned houses down the street. I suppose I had mistaken it for something else the day before, possibly an abandoned Carl's Jr. or Popeye's chicken. In any case, I did not have far to go. I am now approaching the abandoned McDonald's on the desolate island of Adak, Alaska. It is eerily quiet, I purchased an item called a dead cat for my microphone. It's called a dead cat because it resembles a dead cat. And like the hollowed-out husk of a dead cat, if you slip it over a microphone, it protects against wind noise. But there is no wind. There's a beautiful, snow-capped mountain in the distance. But an even more beautiful sight stands just before me the abandoned mcdonalds of adak alaska i am now approaching the drive through normally at a mcdonalds you are not allowed to walk through a drive through it is a safety issue not only do they not want their customers to be run over by cars but they also do not want to risk nerdy wells climbing through the drive-thru windows and grabbing fistfuls of cash. Luckily, this McDonald's no longer has any cash. I've reached the drive-thru menu, and now is the moment of truth. I shall see if McDonald's pizza is still on the menu. The burger of the month has been blacked out. It was $2.70. A section next to it has been blacked out as well that says $5.49. I assume that was a very reasonable price of a combo meal. Chicken McNuggets, 6-piece, 9-piece, 20-piece, $2.35, $3.40, $5.70, respectively. Quarter Pounder with Cheese, Big Mac, McChicken Sandwich, Filet-O-Fish, Cheeseburger, Hamburger, Happy Meal, Ask about special toys for kids under three. Dino-size fries. Now, this is an item I'm not familiar with. Thankfully, there is a photograph to accompany it. Dino-size, any extra value menu. Get Dino-size fries and a large soft drink in a free Jurassic Park collector cup. Simply add 60 cents to the price of your item. It's a Jurassic Park motion picture tie-in. A film that was released in the heyday of McDonald's pizza. Moving down the menu, French fries, extra value meals, Big Mac, two cheeseburgers, quarter pounder with cheese, McChicken sandwich, desserts, low-fat frozen yogurt, sundae and hot fudge, hot caramel or strawberry, twist cone, chocolatey chip cookies, baked apple pie. Hmm. It appears there is no evidence of McDonald's pizza on the drive-thru menu. Perhaps it has been removed. In addition, there is the advertisement still for the Happy Meal toys of the time. Toys related to the animated television series Bobby's World, which was the loosely fictionalized account of the life of screen and stage legend Howard Mandel when he was a child. As I've mentioned before on this program... This cannot be a coincidence because Mr. Howard Mandel was also the celebrity mascot and spokesperson for McDonald's pizza in its heyday. The fact that this drive through menu still contains this tantalizing clue as to McDonald's former relationship with pizza, but does not include a listing for pizza itself, I can only consider to be a taunt either from the corporation from the powers that be that force them to stop serving pizza or from some higher power. Moving down the side of the building, I'm approaching the drive through window. Now, unlike some of the videos and photographs I've seen of this location, most of the windows appear to be boarded up and possibly even the doors. There's a back door... <sighs> that has a padlock on its latch. The latch is quite rusted, and I believe I do have the human strength to kick this door in, breaking the rusted metal in the process. But of course, that would be vandalism. And even though Mother Nature herself is this island's chief vandal, I do not want to risk arrest from Adax one police officer. Continuing down the side of the building... Someone has erected concrete pylons blocking the path through the drive-thru, perhaps as a safety measure, perhaps so as not to get anyone's hopes up that maybe the drive-thru intercom system is broken, as is the case at many McDonald's locations, and they will find a happy, smiling employee at the window itself who will take their order. That is not to be the case. And these concrete pylons make sure no one gets that false impression. There's a rather new looking water hose attached to the faucet outside. I'm at the drive through window now. It appears to be boarded up. Nothing to see there. At another drive through window. Also boarded up. All of the windows are boarded up. Boards over the doors. And there is broken glass outside the front of the building where the window used to be. I assume this is why the windows have been boarded up. I'm circumnavigating the building, looking for a point of entry that does not require any further vandalism. I see a door that does not appear to be locked and shackled like the others, but I do not want to try it right now because there's an official looking vehicle driving around the island. The official looking vehicle I spotted did not belong to the local officer, but was instead simply an abandoned ambulance whose emergency lights caught a glint of sun. However, When I attempted to push open the locked door at the back of the McDonald's, the resulting screech of rusted metal was loud enough to alert anyone within several miles who might feel the need to investigate a screech. Having spotted no evidence of McDonald's pizza, I hastily returned to my dwelling, but not before noticing through the crack in the back door that a fluorescent light shone inside the building. Someone or some ones clearly had enough of an interest in the location to continue paying its electricity bill, which, as my guide and host Steve told me numerous times after admonishing me for leaving the bathroom lights on, is no small expense on ADAC. Plus, there was the matter of the blacked-out items at the top-left corner of the McDonald's menu. In my extensive research, I have discovered that McDonald's offered two varieties of pizza, personal and family size. Though these blacked-out listings were headed by a label reading Burger of the Month, I could not help second-guessing my first hypothesis that these listings were for a single hamburger and the related combination meal. It is a possibility, to be sure, but it strains credulity to think that this McDonald's, which evidence points to being in operation during the heyday of McDonald's pizza, would not feature pizza on its menu. The fact that there are precisely as many blacked-out listings as there were varieties of pizza, a.k.a. two, cannot be just a coincidence. This thought swam around in my head for all three hours of the rest of the day as I happily submitted to Steve's request that I carry several ice chests up to the storage room on the second floor of my section of the quadplex, and also shovel all the snow off the front drive so the caribou hunters renting from him wouldn't slip when carrying their kills to the garage. I endeavored to use tomorrow, my last day on Adak Island, to get to the bottom of the mysteries surrounding the abandoned McDonald's. Or I would die trying.
2: This is the old admin building. When I say old, there's abandoned. So if I say new, it's it's occupied. Old is not occupied. You want to become a billionaire, you go inside this door right here, turn right, and go into the first room on the right here, and every single person that was ever on this island, their paperwork's still in there with their social security number, their Mm -hmm. mother's maiden name, their phone number's last address lived, blah, 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 on the floor, in there right now.
0: Well, I am interested in becoming a billionaire.
2: There you go. You can do all of that, uh, um, what do they call it, identity theft
0: right mm. there. In the morning, Steve kindly agreed to show me some more abandoned buildings without even asking me to perform any manual labor for him. When I had previously brought up the topic of the McDonald's, he had clearly wanted to avoid the subject. But with only a few short hours left on the island, I simply had to make every effort to broach the topic again and keep it broached.
2: House burned down here, boiler fire. This one burned down because he's torched to himself. That was the
0: mess lab. So do you have any idea if I will be able to get inside the McDonald's?
2: Or is it too dangerous? I checked and they said no. Oh no. Hmm. Um, I will take you to the woman in charge of it. It was Esther. She's a very nice lady. I did not ask her. I asked one of the others, and they said, "Well, yeah. If one wants to go, then everybody wants to go. So we don't do that." I understand. And I understand that too. But this is your kind of a special thing—not just because you want to take pictures of it. You want—I'm
0: a serious it. journalist. Yes. So I'll take you by there and talk to Esther. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. We traveled to Adak City Hall slash School slash Post Office slash Medical Clinic and found Esther completely alone in a very dark room.
2: Are you here,
3: Esther? Yes, I am.
0: I have someone that would like to speak with you, please. Hello. Hi, my name is Brian Thompson, and uh, I'm a journalist, and I'm here to look into the abandoned McDonald's. And I was wondering if there's any way I could be let inside, even with an escort or something, just so I can look around and maybe um, take is some pictures. Larry
3: on the island? Who? Larry. Larry, yes. Because Larry has the key to oh. the ACDC office right now. Okay. And he has and the key to the McDonald's He's building. in that office. <laughs> is in our little itty-bitty office. We don't have a lot in there, but... Yeah, we've got keys. In there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I told my sister's been windows are starting to get broken and stuff. We had to get it all closed up. I, I completely understand. Yeah. But um, he's doing a, a journalistic thing, and and uh, uh, one of the main reasons he came here was to see that building as part of his uh, blog
0: or whatever. Yes. Well, it's but,
3: like since McDonald's is left there, and yeah, it's not McDonald's anymore. It's the Mount Moffat building Um, oh they renamed it to it's not mcdonald's it's Moffitt.
0: um well i'm looking into why mcdonald's stopped serving pizza in the early 1990s and i know that it seems to have been abandoned kind of around that time so i was just going to see if there might be any evidence of pizza having been served there at some Um, time
3: you won't find it inside. I don't know if you'll see it out on the little well, legend stand.
0: I looked on inside. the drive through menu. Oh, nothing there? Very suspicious that there's no pizza. There's a million listings except yes. for one. is blacked out. Ah. Ah. So, so
3: that might have been right have been. at the yeah. time. That they- I
2: asked my wife and she says she remembers getting pizza there. Oh this really? Was early in the late '80s. Oh, I but need to yes, talk to her.
3: After ACDC got the building, the first thing that they did there, um, and it did, they ended up taking a lot of the kitchen things out. Was they were um, not totally processing, but they were sort of basically getting halibut for. From the boats, ready to get onto the plane. Processing
2: plant. Oh, I see. Because we
3: did not have a fish plant here. That's right. So they were taking the halibut directly from the boat up to the McDonald's, cleaning it all up, and sh- taking it over to the airport and it shipping out. it out. When was this? Um, that was probably about. Four or five years ago? Okay. That's okay, and then after that, Icicle came and they were the fish plant. And um, they did not have the setup that they've got now at the fish plant. So ACDC rented the building to Icicle, and that was their cafeteria. That's what And that's as they cafeteria. were doing that they did a whole bunch of kitchen renovations because the, you know, those state people, they come in and say, oh, your hood exhaust yeah, system exactly. is not They had to right. get it up to, code. I, up to code. And yeah, we yeah. spent, that building's got like $500,000 in it. Oh, my gosh.
0: Wow. So none of the original no, kitchen stuff in is in there? That was um.
3: Amazing. There might be one or two things, but you'd be hard-pressed to...
0: See find them
3: under all the new things
0: certainly no pizza ovens
3: no hmm. i don't And if think they
2: so. were in there they were removed i can guarantee you that where would they have gone larry would know okay because larry pretty much scrounged everything that he needed for his place over here
0: pizza ovens oh larry has his own pizza establishment
3: yeah out at the, the bar at the bar, except no, I think those ones are. Did they
2: come from the hill, or did he buy them and brought them on island?
3: Um, another place that had pizzas oh. was the bowling alley. That's had right. pizzas, but right. I think they bought their ovens themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yes, I, no, pizza is probably some of those. are still the most in the bowling popular alley food on, the on Ada. Oh, that has, has to, be to be on the mint. The yeah. yeah, pizza is unless, in fact, even as a personal person, it's like I go into the store and you get a pile like this of the frozen pizzas
0: mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm.
3: to throw in your freezer. I don't know. There's
0: They're inexpensive. It's delicious. It's everybody's favorite food, <laughs> which is why I'm interested in McDonald's not serving it anymore because I feel like it's a, it's a win-win scenario for everybody.
3: Well, isn't that about the time... They started having more things like
0: pizzas, more ribs. According to my research, what happened was um, McDonald's was not doing very well at dinner time. Places like Pizza Hut were doing much better at dinner time. And so they decided that they needed to compete. And so they introduced pizza and they introduced adult oriented hamburgers like the Arch Deluxe to try to convince adults to come to McDonald's at night time because people only thought of it as a breakfast and lunch place oh, wow. but then they stopped mysteriously in the early 90s around the early 90s it lasted longer in certain places
3: well one of the things is back then mcdonald's did not deliver in almost all these other places do
0: that is a good point that is a very good point point. and we had a drive-through here Do you don't remember the McDonald's here ever serving pizza? Um,
3: I've never been here when the McDonald's was, was here. Open. I arrived oh, okay. in 2006, which is after the Navy is already all gone. Okay. So the McDonald's is closed
0: down. At that time, yeah. Um, so Larry would have the key to the McDonald's, and he also may know where any potential pizza ovens Possibly. were deposited? Possibly.
3: And he, he probably has... Memories and reminiscences. He's, he's been a, here on the
0: island. Uh, since. He's since.
3: been here since yeah. the, the when the navy was closing the down. Exactly.
0: So it's fair to say he's a McDonald's pizza oracle.
3: Could be. Mm. Um,
2: we'll find out. We'll go find him. Larry's very knowledgeable. He's a super, super, super duper guy. Um, he was the one. He was. He tried to sell me the bar, but he runs the whole cable television and. The whole ADAC Eagle Enterprises, he's he's the CEO. Well, let's go see if we can find him. He drives a black pickup truck that has a flatbed on the back. So if you see it, give it a go.
0: As we drove around town looking for Larry's truck, I could not help but notice another stunning coincidence related to my McDonald's pizza investigation. From time to time, I am forced to obscure my identity for various reasons. Like many in my trade, I have thus become a master of disguise. One of those disguises is a long-haul truck driver named Larry Truck, which I once employed to circumvent the voice recognition technology utilized by the McDonald's customer service line.
1: Hello, thank you for calling McDonald's. My name is Dominic, and how may I assist
0: you today? Uh, Hello, my name is Larry Truck, and I recently visited the McDonald's location in Pomeroy, Ohio. Are you familiar with it? You said what, sir? Uh, My name is Larry Truck, and I recently drove my truck. Larry Truck? Yes, Larry Truck. T-R-U-C-K. T-R-U-C-K? Correct, like the truck.
1: L-A-R-R-Y, Larry, and truck, T-R-U-C-K,
0: right? Um, No, that's not how you spell my first name.
1: How
0: do you spell your first name? It's uh, L-A-R-R-I-E. The fact that I would have a character called Larry Truck in my stable of disguises, and would now be scouring the desolate island of Adak, Alaska, for someone named Larry who drives a truck, only cemented my conviction that fate had brought me here. Finally, Steve approached a pair of maintenance workers who were attempting to fix and/or pilfer an abandoned house's garage door.
2: You seen, Larry? Yeah. Oh, good deal. He's
0: not on island. He's gone. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I knew you'd know. Like McDonald's pizza itself, there are only two varieties of Adakians: those who are on island and those who are off island. With Larry currently classified as one of the latter, there was not much more I could do. My flight would leave shortly and I had no time to glue the abandoned McDonald's back door back together if I were to smash it open with my human strength. Plus, I had no idea if glue even worked in these temperatures. I would simply have to make do with what little information I was able to gather. The promotions for Jurassic Park and Bobby's World proved that this McDonald's was indeed abandoned in the heyday of McDonald's pizza and the blacked-out listings on the menu were almost certainly censored mentions of McDonald's pizza itself. It was not much, but it would have to be enough, and rather than dwell on what could have been, I chose to feel grateful for what I had gained on this expedition to Adak: A certain tolerance for the Arctic climate, a greater skill at stepping around broken glass, and a lifelong friend. I left a gift behind... I brought a copy of my favorite movie on DVD and I uh, left it behind in your DVD library well, for others you. to enjoy.
2: Which one was it? Willow? Oh, right. remember on. Willow. Yes. Anytime you want to send me some via mail, I'll pay for the postage. If you got if you find them like 50 cent a piece and there's a box of them, send them to me cuz that's all I get, you know.
0: Have you seen Willow before? No, I've heard of it and I want to see it. Okay, great. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Just a little thank you. While waiting at the Adak Airport check-in counter behind a long line of hunters attempting to squeeze caribou carcasses into the carry-on sizer, I felt what could only be described as a quaking in the Earth.
1: Welcome back with the
2: strongest earthquake of the day, which is the 6.3-magnitude earthquake that 85 kilometers east-southeast of Adak, Alaska, happened at 8.54 now 6.54 p.m. Central Standard Time, depth of 25.06 kilometers. If you happen to have felt this earthquake, let me know how blown from where. Stay safe. See you in the next video. Bye.
0: I am simply too busy to inform this amateur YouTube seismologist that I felt this earthquake. But I will tell you all now that I did indeed feel it. And, as the ground trembled beneath my feet and rat safety pamphlets shook loose from their plastic display stands. I could not help but recall a moment from my time with Steve, not 24 hours earlier.
2: We averaged between uh, 8 and 10 feelable earthquakes on this island. Every day. Every day. 30 years ago. Very, very active volcano, um, volcanic action
0: here. And that's died down?
2: Yes, quite a bit. I have have you felt one yet? No. No, I haven't I haven't felt one in probably three weeks now.
0: In the book Bible, the ground similarly quakes upon the death of Jesus, whose last name, a gentleman handing out religious tracts in front of the White House, once told me is Ben David. This was a sign from Jesus' father, God Ben David, that a great event had just occurred. And as Steve had assured me these kinds of earthquakes are no longer normal on Adak, I could not help but attribute the hand of the Almighty to this tremor. Indeed, a great event had occurred. Though I was tantalizingly out of reach of the true reason why McDonald's stopped serving pizza, I had traveled across the globe to lay my own eyes upon the abandoned McDonald's of Adak, Alaska, frozen in time since McDonald's Pizza's heyday. And that was something almost no one had accomplished before me. Less than 400 people, if I had to guess. And then, when I arrived home in Los Angeles, California, I received a telephone call from a gentleman named Larry who drives a truck. I was told that you are the current owner of the McDonald's. Is that true?
1: No, that's not true. Hey, that Seafood, LLC. Uh,
0: own that uh, building. Adax Seafood? Uh,
1: yes. That's, that's, uh, that's part of uh,
0: uh, a non-profit
1: uh, organization for the community.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I was told that you maybe owned it in the past or had access to the insides of the past. Basically, what I was told was that the entire inside of the restaurant was gutted and anything that was inside was either removed to another location or thrown away. Do you know anything about that?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Basically, uh, everything inside, what the military did, most all of that also. So everything inside now, uh, ACS, they replaced everything, and they used it as a restaurant for the fish plant.
0: Oh, I see. So it was used as a restaurant for the people that worked in the fish processing plant. Do you know if that McDonald's ever served pizza in the early 1990s or possibly even before or after? Uh, no. Are you aware of McDonald's ever having served pizza? Uh, no, I do not know. I see. Yeah, well, I was told that perhaps there were pizza ovens in there, and if there were, you would be the person to talk to about it um, because uh, I was told that you opened some other establishments that served pizza and maybe used the ovens from inside the McDonald's. But you're saying that that's not the case? You didn't find any pizza ovens in there?
1: No, I did not. But there was uh, maybe two or three McDonald's pizza ovens on the island.
0: There are two or three McDonald's pizza ovens on the island?
1: There was on the island, yes.
0: What do you mean? Like they belonged to McDonald's?
1: There was a McDonald's pizza oven, Uh, what, uh, the six, the six uh, ovens, have six ovens, something like that, five or six ovens, and it was, and uh,
0: I had the menu to it, and it was a McDonald's pizza oven. Oh my goodness, this is very valuable information. So where, you're saying that this was an oven that was manufactured by McDonald's and was capable of cooking up to six pizzas? Do I have that correct? And where, six pieces, yes. and where would this oven be located now? Uh,
1: that oven will be located out there at the, uh, the dump, uh, out there at the contract camp. At the dump. Uh, it's a place where they go and dump, dump uh, uh,
0: all the metal. Any sort of metal refuse is dumped in yeah. this one location, specifically for metal? Yeah. Do you know how yes. long... Do you know how long ago that might have been? within a year. Oh, less than a year before now? Yes. I dumped it there. So where? what was the chain of custody for this oven from, let's say, the early 1990s to less than a year ago when you dumped it in the dump? Well, the chain of, of custody and stuff, right, is that
1: uh, I pulled out from... uh Somewhere somewhere else, it was not in the McDonald's building. I pulled it from somewhere else, and uh, the parts to get it fixed would
0: cost more than getting a a new one. Sure, I would imagine it would be very difficult to order those parts considering McDonald's no longer serves pizza and probably doesn't manufacture those ovens anymore. Do you know? So that oven was used to make pizza at another location. Do you have any idea which location that was that you retrieved it from? Uh,
1: yeah. No, I can't remember where I got it
0: from. But you do think that it was in use Uh, as a pizza oven? Yes. Oh, I know it was a pizza oven. So people were using it to make pizzas, and people were enjoying those pizzas because they were baked and served. I would imagine in a relatively short period of time, or at least not so long that people didn't want to order them. Right. Well,
1: I don't know about that, but uh, uh, I know it's a piece of it. I even called uh, McDonald's to look, I mean, uh, the part menu, the part service people, and try to get parts for it.
0: And what did they say? They said
1: uh, the best thing to do is... Uh, You come out better uh, getting another
0: pizza oven. I see. A new one. So, I guess to recap, you were able to retrieve this pizza oven from another location. You were able to determine that it belonged to McDonald's. It was broken. It was too much of a hassle to fix, so you dumped it in the dump for metal dump. That's correct. Very, very interesting thank you so much for your candor. This has been more helpful than I could have possibly imagined.
1: And uh, if I knew you was interested in that, while you was out there on ADAC, I could have informed someone to take you out
0: there to the place, and you could have took pictures. Yes, uh, I guess I could have done that. Um, So it's a real shame that I wasn't able to do that. Well, maybe I will come back At some point in the future. I did enjoy staying with Steve. Right.
1: Thank you for calling Alaska Airlines Customer Care. In a word or two, how can I help you?
0: Well, I recently took a trip to Alaska, and I believe I may have forgotten something, so I was wondering if I could get a free trip back.
1: Sorry, I didn't catch that. Tell me the reason for your call. Well,
0: I recently... Well... Hello?
1: Sorry, I still didn't understand. To see if a flight's on time, say check status. For all reservations, including award travel, say reservations. Otherwise, say mileage plan account or more options.
0: More options? I guess.
1: You can say baggage information or website help. For anything else, say general questions.
0: General questions.
1: Did you know you can save at least $15 per person and find our lowest fares by booking online at alaskaair.com?
0: I did not know that.
1: fees may apply. Please hold while I transfer you to an Alaska Airlines representative.
0: This call may be
1: monitored or recorded.
0: Not a problem.
1: May I have your name, please?
0: Hello, my name is Brian Thompson. Brian, how can I help you today? Well, I recently took a trip to the island of Adak in Alaska, and I think okay. I may have forgotten something, so I was wondering if I could get a return fare for free.
1: Um, to go back to the island? Yes. Um, no, I, we would have to charge you to, to fly you back up there.
0: Oh, okay. So it's just a discounted rate then?
1: Uh, there would not. It would just be whatever rate is published on the website.
0: It's right. I just search under I forgot something, so I need to go back, or is there a different section?
1: Uh there is not anything for that. So if you if you forgot something, you would just buy yourself a new ticket to go back.
0: Oh I see. Oh. Okay. Well it's just sometimes when I order something from Amazon dot com it doesn't arrive where it does arrive and one of my neighbors sure. um I think probably steals it there's one in particular i think is probably doing it but when i tell amazon that it's not arrived they'll usually just send me another item for free so i was wondering if you had a similar policy
1: we do not unfortunately
0: okay well um, thank you very much for your candor and um, i hope you have a good thanksgiving
1: you do the same brian thank you
0: for calling alaska thank you goodbye Mm -hmm. Bye bye Thank you for listening to Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's, Expedition to Alaska. Special thanks to Steve for being such a great host and guide. And thank you to the people of Adak for welcoming me to your desolate island. Thank you as well to the many listeners who funded this expedition. It would not have been possible without you. And after your holiday finances are settled, I may contact you again about contributing to a journey back to Adak to retrieve the McDonald's pizza oven and relocate it to where it belongs in a museum. For photographs and videos from this journey, please visit our Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube pages. The investigation continues at our attractive website www.pizzaatmcdonalds.com. I'm Brian Thompson. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.